Welcome to a 40 Guard Threat Intelligence Podcast. I'm Alex Harvey. And I'm Derek Menke. With that, we've got Origin Account Takeover, two Florida cities paid ransomware. This kind of makes me very sad. And mm-hmm. German uh, police raid OmniRAM. So with that, Origin Account Takeover. So Origin is Electronic Arts uh, payment system and account management system online for their video games. So it's Steam, it's like Activision, um, or I should say the Blizzard Launcher. It's the the system that you use to purchase your games. It does the DRM ver- verification on the games. It has your credentials, so who you are um, associated with all the games. It stores the game metadata, so where you are in the game, where you've saved your cred- your credentials for that game are all stored as part of the origin framework, if you want. So there's a ter- token workflow flaw which allows a hijacker to receive a valid token that would have been meant for you, part of the the single sign-on process, which would then allow them to basically lock you out of your account, potentially steal your account, use your account for something malicious. Um, Yeah, what's uh, interesting about this is, uh, you know, one of the sort of no-brainer security things we always recommend is two-factor authentication, (laughs) right? But when... When the system, when when the two FA system itself is compromised, it presents yeah. a big issue, right? Well, that's it. Yeah. So yeah. with this one, it doesn't matter if you have two FA or not; you're still up a creek, right? So basically, how it works, pretty dumbed down, is the attacker sends a link to the victim. Victim clicks on link to a login page, which looks fully legit. Will even be coming from an EA subdomain. Um, the EA game makes a request for the single sign-on page, redirects to an attacker subdomain, which is something at ea.com which is hijacked, we'll explain how in a minute. Um, The hijacker resubmits the request for a token, receives a valid token, valid token is sent off to the hijacker. So all of this works out, the takeover works, because there is a couple of EA subdomains that were associated on Azure that were never activated or used. And if they sit in that state, anyone with an Azure account can then associate them with one of their running instances. This is a known Azure flaw um, that has not been patched yet, because it's not a very useful case, except in this case where it's being used for subdomains that are not active and basically being used. And then the second part of this flaw is that EA has basically no verification for their single sign-on system if it's coming from one of their own internal domains. They're basically trusting it if it's coming from one of their own subdomains, essentially. Yeah, and uh, I, we're talking about this in the other episode on supply chain security. This is a different twist on that from, you know, it's still still the trust model, right? But it comes down to end-to-end security with uh, cl- cloud-based services too, right? Yeah, they're, they're missing a, a component there to their security. And because the vulnerability sits in their single sign-on system, the worst part of it is that one of the biggest recommendations we always give is two-factor, 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 right? Mm-hmm. We're beating a dead horse some days, but, you know, we hope if we beat it long enough, everyone will adopt to it, mm-hmm. eh? Um, but this one, it doesn't matter if you had 2FA or not, they essentially inject themselves behind that. So they're right. sitting between the verification server and the game essentially and getting, hey, the credentials there as they come through. Yeah, and, and there's, uh, in the world of cybercrime, there's um, different ways to monetize this. It just goes to show that, you know, we, we keep talking about data being the new currency, right? And um you know, if you think about a case like this, um, they're getting you know full access to accounts, profile information, uh, potentially billing information. Billing information yeah. You know, in, in the world of gaming, there's a lot of um, younger people that are connected to this as well. So, uh, you know, in terms of things like identity theft, it could be you know actual, uh, you know, a significant impact on their lives, like damaging credit, <laughs> these sorts of things, right? That the that might, taking might stuff not think for of. Like a lot yeah. of people associate have hold 
and high value some of the things they have in origin. So they mm-hmm. would actually potentially be held hostage to gain access to those systems again. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, so so there's the, the obvious things like from financial fraud, but, you know, in the world of gaming too, um, like I said, data is a currency in there. It's, it's virtual real estate. Um, when you talk about, uh, you know, money in game, uh, yep. virtual currencies, uh, you know, equipment, things that people actually pay money for in these upgrades. Um, once you have full access to those accounts, it, you know, there's a way to monetize yeah, it. Right? People that make their living, you know, streaming video games. There's a whole community that yeah. makes their living on Twitch and other YouTube stream, live streams, streaming video games in real time as they play. And, you know, their identity is basically how they make money. Yeah. Right. So that's part of that whole they can hold it ransom, steal identity, do a whole bunch of things with it. Right, so that's the origin one with EA. Um, it's a multi pronged attack, but it's kind of an interesting one where, you know, one loophole, in one area leads to a whole bunch of cascade failures along the way. Mm. So with that kind of something that makes me very sad. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> two Florida cities paid ransomware. I will name them here because they kind of need to receive a little bit of shame. Uh, Riviera Beach and Lake City. Uh, Lake City paid 42 bitcoins and Riviera 65 bitcoins, which totals to a little bit over, I think it's about 1.1 million at current it's a very bitcoin large value. Amount, it's going to yeah. keep going up, so it might be 1.3 pretty soon. Um, but yeah, so both these cities were taken by ransomware very, very quickly. Um, Lake City paid out um, because one of the reasons I believe they did it is because they had insurance that covered the majority of it. So the bill that they transferred to taxpayers was only about 10 grand. So I think at the end of the day, the reason they got voted to do this is because it was super cheap from their perspective, um, because they only had to pay 10000 and the other $565,000 would have come from the insurance company. Yeah, and it's interesting to see the, the evolution of this. I mean, like when we talk about ransomware, right? Um, the first, first version of ransomware was in 1989, the PC Cyborg, right? Um, that demanded ransom payment via snail mail to a P.O. box in Panama City, right? So it's gone a long way uh, from there. And I think it was only, you know, maybe 5 or $10 and not much, right? Obviously, with the rise of, of, of ransomware in about 2010, uh, a majority of the attacks that we see, like Gang Crab included, we do a lot of research on that, right? They're much more sophisticated following agile development methods. Um, and... But, you know, because there's, they're mass distributed and on affiliate based models, i.e. they pay middlemen commission, um, pretty big commission, about 40 to 50 percent. Uh, that's the vast majority of what we see out there. But it's, you know, you're typically dealing with maybe $500 in those cases. Right. And a couple of years back in our, our threat prediction report, um, uh, you know, I, I was expecting to see a rise in exactly these sorts of, at- of attacks. I didn't want to see a rise in people paying those attacks. Right. But that's the reality. It's these targeted ransom cases going after obviously critical assets, um, you know, in the world of service providers, some web hosting providers have paid uh, equivalently high ransom because it's essentially a DOS on their services and they have to get back to making money. Yeah. Right. So, yes. Yeah, so and for these, one thing that's important to note is that none of the emergency services were affected. It was just city services, as in like city systems. Mm-hmm. Um but I was going to say is that I think one of the components to this is that the fact that, for example, here Lake City didn't actually pay out of their own coffers. It went to an insurance, their cyber insurance that basically ended up paying for it. Um, but that's, I think, going to see a trend we're going to see is that the ones that pay out are the ones that are insured because it's cheaper for them. Right. $10,000 to get everything unlocked versus what's the cost of restoring from backups plus the cost of lost data. Yeah. So when the council voted, it was a pretty easy financial decision, even though I think... From an ethics standpoint, I think it's 
it's wrong to pay it because you're basically, you're paying into extortion, right? Yeah, and it also raises a whole nother ethical question, obviously, uh, in this new world that we're living in now, i.e. cyber uh, cybersecurity insurance providers, right? Um, you know, where's the compliance there? Who's responsible for this yeah. at the end of the day um, is, is well, the question. Yeah, the other thing is, one of the things we haven't heard is they paid, but did it work out? Right. Yeah, and essentially you're, uh, you know, you, you, you keep uh, feeding them, they're going to be coming back for more, right? Well, that's it. So yeah. you might you might be fine now, but we'll see if Lake City and Riviera Beach come back up in topics in the next year. Right. I have a sneaky suspicion that now that someone knows that they pay, they're just going to get targeted time and time again, mm. because why not? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we know Lake City paid the last one. Well, great, let's try and target them and get in. Yeah. You know, last person made $575,000, so maybe we can get our own piece of that. So that's like one of the dangers that comes with it, right? So with that, the last topic we have is uh, German police raid Omnirat. So Omnirat, I'm putting here tools in quotation marks, um, is a remote access tool or remote administrator tool. Um, it could also be a remote access Trojan. Mm -hmm. um, it is being sold as a remote access tool, but obviously if the German police raided it, there is at least definitely a question mark on its status as a tool or a malware. Um, we're not going to go into too much detail about actually Omnirat specifically because I don't want to point any fingers yet. We don't know enough information about what's going on around that scenario, but it does give us the opportunity to talk about tool versus malware, right? And I think that's something that, especially with rats, especially even in the name, it can be both from the name. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, this has been an ongoing debate for a long time, right? Um, I mean, obviously, any tool can be used for uh, <laughs> for good or evil, right? And, uh, you know, this I, I remember, like, it's probably 10 years ago now, there was a case with, as an example, with botnets even, uh, Mariposa. Yep. So Mariposa was at the world's largest botnet at one point in time. And, uh, you know, this was actually just being sold as uh, as a tool again, a commercial tool. Um, so, you know, what ended up happening in that case is the, the developer of the tool who supposedly wasn't using it, uh, they never had evidence that he was using it in any attacks, um, got arrested, but they couldn't successfully prosecute him because... He was just the creator of a tool. Yeah. So that's so. German law is kind of the same. So German law prohibits the creation of malware, but is okay with the creation of exploit tools for demonstration or educational use. So for example, like if you're making a POC or something like that, and it's properly disclosed and responsible, you fall into the right areas of the law, you're fine. If you're making an administration tool, which is what this rat is trying to be sold as or being sold as, you're fine. But where it crosses that line is if it's being sold and marketed as malware, then it that is against the law in Germany. Right. You know, the good news here is that, you know, one of the biggest challenges I see globally is um, is the lack of um, resources when it comes to law enforcement to prosecute. Right. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's an uphill battle because there's just so many cyber criminal organizations. We, we see this firsthand. I mean, I'm an expert working group with Interpol. Two years ago, we worked on a takedown case um, uh, on a business email compromise uh, scam. These guys are making they made sixty three million dollars in just three months. U.S. Uh, you know, spear phishing CFO execs. Um, but, you know, we actually did some intelligence on that. Uh, and 40 Guard Labs were building um, playbooks. We delivered some of that intel to Interpol via our partnership. And they used that to actually obtain um, a warrant, right? So in, in the world of cybersecurity vendors, threat intelligence can't be used directly in court, but it can be used to find probable grounds to get a warrant. And what they did in that case is go and physically seize 
you know, hard drives, all the guys' equipment, and they had all the evidence they need. And it, it looks like a similar case here uh, in Germany. So, it's, you know, the good news is, I mean, it's always good to see law enforcement acting on this because yeah. we don't see enough of that. But it's still challenging to bring it full to, uh, to prosecution, yeah. right? And we'll know, obviously, as time progresses, we'll hear more if it's actually a legit tool and that, you know, he just kind of got caught in the edge of it or if it was actually being sold twice, once publicly as a administration tool and behind the scenes as an access trojan. Yeah. We'll know more essentially as time progresses, but it's an interesting one of something where tool or malware, question mark. And we, and we all remember the case of uh, WannaCry, yeah. <laughs> which led to the arrest in Vegas, right? So we'll see what comes out of that one. And with that, that's all we've got for you guys. Okay, thanks.